Hilfe der 100 Der Hölle kennt mich hier nicht. Der Anschlag stinkt. Der imitieren mich nicht. Der hat gewirklich. Komm da weg, Idiot. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Hello, good people, and welcome to a very special edition of Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. The show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. The reason why I'm saying this is special is because we have an amazing guest star on our show this week. We have the one and only Paul from the Countdown Podcast. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very good, thanks, Sam. It's probably the nicest thing anybody's ever said, said about me in my entire life, so the only way from here is down. <laughs> Hello, Stacey, as well. <laughs> yes, so the other voice that you're hearing, uh, this is why this is actually a really special episode, is because we have someone else new on this podcast. <laughs> We've got Stacey Hurley. Hello, Stacey, nice to meet you. Hello, it's lovely to be here. It's so good, this is the first time on this podcast, it's amazing. Mm, whole new person, in fact. Yes, for those that don't know it, me and Stacey got married on the weekend, she chose to adopt the last name of Legend, and who can blame her, really? <laughs> Oh, yes. So, in case you can't guess from the title card of this podcast, what we are reviewing is the movie The Thing. Now, this is one of your favourite movies of all time, Paul, if not your favourite? or uh, It's up there. It's pretty much up there, as we'll find out in one of the answers today. So, yes, I enjoyed it a great deal, and I'm very pleased that you were kind enough to say, yeah, let's do that, and then dumped it on Stacey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a hard sell and there was a hard pass followed with can't we just do a amy schumer movie and i was like no, I'm sure paul's not gonna go for that come on i feel pretty <laughs> oh yeah i went and saw inventions infinity war for the second time last night rather than have to see that so there oh. you go oh good man good man <laughs> but yeah it's it's good like we usually get um our guests on to pick a movie uh sometimes it's really bad when much picks the <laughs> baywatch movie and oh, this time it's really, yeah, yeah what a dude sometimes it's really good when we get paul on to pick one of my also all-time favorite movies absolutely Ooh. love it so if you haven't seen the movie the thing please stop this podcast go out and see it it's an amazing movie mm. but if you haven't seen it Stacey, you're going to hit us with a quick plot. Okay, so in remote Antarctica, a group of American research scientists are disturbed at their camp by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog. But the dog doesn't have a sled, so it's just a husky. <laughs> um, when, they, when they take in the dog, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp, and they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims. A resourceful helicopter pilot, a.k.a. Kurt Russell, and the camp doctor lead the camp crew in a desperate, gory battle against the vicious creature before it picks them off one by one. Yeah, that sums it up. Uh, IMDb have this rated at 8.1, and Rotten Tomatoes have this at 83%. But you, Paul, what would you give this movie out of 10,000 sled dogs? Out of 10,000 sled dogs, I'd probably round it nicely to a million sled dogs out of 10,000. What? <laughs> yes! <laughs> we have never had this before. <laughs> this is the highest score we've ever had. Well done, Paul. You're setting new ground. Come in strong and then fade away late. That's my that's my motto. <laughs> Good work. It tops. Well, Spanky came in on Pulp Fiction and said fifteen thousand, and I sort of said okay, and he said fuck you, and then we moved on. But yeah, no, I'm allowed <laughs> this. This is a million. Well done, Paul. What about you, Stace? What would you give this movie out of ten thousand? To be honest, after my first watching, I was around the seven thousand two hundred and forty-six mark. Mm. It's still a good score. <laughs> but you know what? This is one of those movies as I find out more about it and I watch more reviews and do more research, it actually becomes more astounding and I can appreciate it 
and particularly the um, practical effects and things like that. She's turning so. into me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know She's what my new thing. I don't know what my new school will be. Ask me at the end of this. Fair enough. Nice. Yeah, I'm obviously really really love this movie, so I'm going to give it nine thousand nine hundred and seventy four. This is almost a ten thousand for me. Ooh. I know, and I struggled really really hard to come up with an answer to question number two, which we will get into soon. But first, as I said at the start of the podcast, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We throw it out there to you, our dearest listeners, to provide us some questions. And the queen of 80s movies herself, Gidget Von of the Retro Cinema, she provided us a good one. Now, I believe she's been on your show recently, Paul. She did. She filled in for Wayne while he was off having an old man operation. And she did a stellar job helping me count down the uh, top 10 hidden gems of the 80s. So she's, a, she's great. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. You guys should definitely check that one out. I'm actually going to be on her show later this year. And I think you are too, Paul. I think you're doing Predator and I'm doing Coming to America. Oh, nice. Yes, uh, that's that's the schedule. Hopefully we'll get to talk about that one, which is another one of my favorite films, which I'd also rate pretty close to 10 million out of 10,000. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So, Gidge, the question from her was, how the hell did Blair, who is the doctor in the movie that they lock up inside a small little cabin, how did he manage to dig a massive cave underneath the cabin he was locked in to then build his own mini spaceship? And Paul, you can start us off. Well, to be fair to Gidget, I've often wondered this myself about the film. And up until today, I was able to sort of just let it go as ah, it's inconsequential to the overall film. But <laughs> who's to say the thing didn't just transform itself into a creature that could easily excavate out the ice and dirt beneath the shack, eat it, and then excrete it into a substance that was going to power the spaceship once it finished building it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, it's possible. It could be a billion different yes. life forms from a billion different planets. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that a very good point. very plausible. What about you, Stace? Did you have any idea? <laughs> well, you know, I'm far too logical um, for my own good, really. And I think that the cave was already there. I think that they had a series of caves built underneath their huts, you know, to store things, you know. Um, that works. It, that makes as sense. For how, yeah, as <laughs> for does. how he made that spaceship, well, God knows. He must have been working extremely fast. And I think I liked your um, reasoning, Paul. Maybe he was infected by the thing and it was just something with lots of arms that could just build something really quickly. You yeah, see, mm -hmm. I actually had a combination of the two you guys. Like, I <laughs> thought, <laughs> I honestly did. I, I thought that there was an existing cave that he's obviously tapped into. He's the thing himself. But I also think he's working in conjunction with the other things that he's got you know, going on. And it was a, it was a joint effort between them, I think. Could have been that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, Gidge. I'm sort of doing a bit of a copy-out and stealing from these two guys because I didn't really have an answer for that one. <laughs> so anyway, that is our listener question. We also have another listener question coming in at question number 20, but we move into our standard set of questions that we do in every podcast. So question number two, hit us with it, Stacey. Okay, so this is the compliment sandwich. Name one good thing, one bad thing, and one good thing about this movie. Well, good thing, first of all, is pretty tough to limit it to two but i'll just go with the jaw dropping special effects work by mostly by robert botin the sort of hollywood he was a young guy at this point had, hadn't really made his bones until this film the creatures in this film almost all stand up even 36 years later they are nightmarishly awesome yep mm, yep yep totally agree my bad thing now this is tough like ultra tough and so when you when you score a film a million out of ten thousand, it's pretty hard to find anything bad. But in the end, I gave the one thing that I would change about the film to McCready's hat, 
which is absolutely oh, ridiculous. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was on my shortlist. Yeah. <laughs> got, like, the square fold-up that, that fold right. yeah. edges. It's so batched and insane, eh? <laughs> Only McCready or Kurt Russell could wear that hat and not have everybody turn around and punch him for it. That's true. That's true. And my last good thing is, look, I wouldn't normally say this, and especially since Stacey's here as well, but... I love the fact that this film literally goes balls to the wall and basically just says, let's not worry about having female characters. Let's not <laughs> interrupt the film with a token love story romance between McCready and, and the one woman who's on the on the base. Let's just keep it all men and take all that away and keep it lean and mean. So, yeah. Literally about five minutes before the podcast, she said to me, what's your bad thing? And I was like, I don't, I don't really know. And then she's like, you're not going to point out there's no woman in the movie? And then we just sort of stared at each other for about two minutes. It's like, how do I nicely say this to you, Stacey? Hey, but you know what, Paul? Actually, the way you just explained that, I'm like, yes, actually, I hate those token love scenes. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I love, I love that. Yeah, Thanks. totally agree, totally agree. Okay, so my first good thing is this is not a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> you motherfucker! I knew this was going to be on here. <laughs> I've watched quite a few of those movies, and I'd like to expand my horizons. <laughs> so this is good. Um, the bad thing is yes amazing practical effects but it's just slightly too gory for me i just there were so many yeah. scenes where i had to just look away so that's a bad thing for me because i missed half the movie <laughs> um, <laughs> not the dog <laughs> yeah i know it started with the dog oh god yeah but on that note the my final good thing is man that dog can act the scenes yeah. where he's yeah. walking down the corridor and he stops by a doorway pauses and then goes to the next one looks in it's like he genuinely knows what he's doing and knows what's going on amazing this, well yeah said. that was on there i definitely love the performances the thing i like the most is it sort of blends well the suspense but also the jump scares you know the thing is there you know he's taken over someone you don't know who it is at the same time there's some moments where you're like holy shit and generally terrifying, like the bit where the guy's hands go through the dude's chest and he gets like bitten off oh. the elbows. <laughs> Even though I know it's coming, still scares the living shit out of me. For the bad thing, as I mentioned, I had a rough time coming up with this. But the only thing I can say is that it's so awesome that it's going to get shit remakes. And we had one back in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's going to be something that, and I suspect you're like me, Paul, where it's like, if I love a movie so much, even if they do make a remake of it, I feel obligated just to watch it, just to see what they tried to do with it. Yeah, it was actually, a, it was meant to be the prequel. It was meant to be the story of what happened That's on right. the Norwegian yeah, yeah. base, but it was still shit. So you're, <laughs> you're spot on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the good thing is that I liked how there wasn't a massive... And this is what sort of horror films suffer from nowadays and a lot of action suspense films suffer from nowadays is an excessive amount of exposition where the characters are constantly repeating what's going on and why this is happening and what's happened and who's gone where and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's very like, right, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. Like the scenes are very understated and you're not getting dramatically over, mm. over-exaggerated and sort of emotional scenes. You're just progressing through it and that's what I loved about it. Spot on, perfectly said. Thank you. All right. Number three is, what flavor pizza is this movie? This is feta cheese with salami because mm-hmm. it's set in Antarctica. It's almost entirely white, except for a whole lot of dudes. <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> Hence the salami. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good. Picking That's up on good. my thread. I went with Supreme Pizza because this is one of the most supremely awesome movies that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> So it just makes no, too much sense. Uh, and I went with Meat Lovers because this is as manly as you can get and makes no apologies for it. 
and there's no room for any green on this pizza. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Oh, yes. So that moves us on to question number four. What character from this film clearly just needs to get laid? (laughs) I'm going to go with Dr. Blair because he <laughs> what, went... the guy and, that goes psycho and like destroys yep. the bloody... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I didn't notice this the first time, but when I was just flicking through it just before, I noticed he also has a nose ring. Did yes. you guys notice that? Yeah. A little silver ring in his right uh, nostril. It rings a bell. It rings a bell. <laughs> but like, yeah, during the rewatch, she sort of pointed it out and I was like, well, that's a bold choice for a rather... <laughs> Elderly doctor. man, doctor dude in the eighties. <laughs> it's good on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wild child side, huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had basically take your pick. There are what twelve of them <laughs> who have been out in Antarctica for X amount of time and had not seen a woman in that length of time. And mm. but if I had to pick, I'd go Palmer because that guy has the kind of crazy eyes and need for weed, <laughs> which only a good lay could possibly reconcile. Oh, oh I totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. He was he was also on my shortlist. Um, also, totally dig what you're putting down. I mean, every single one of them, you could almost make an argument for needing to get laid. <laughs> so much so that McCready, you know, says, oh, fuck you, bitch, or something to the computer. Who's the cheating only female? Bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one, cheating bitch. But the one I went for is Bennings. He's our ginger, bald-headed dude. And if I know anything, it's that gingers and bald-headed people need to get laid. <laughs> Stacy is going to jump over and start strangling me at yes, any point. <laughs> Nice. That's a good answer. Oh, it just makes too much sense. <laughs> okay, so how long would you guys survive in this movie's world? Look, I'm obviously a bit of a horror buff, so I reckon I'd do all right. As long as I didn't get killed first, when we had no idea that this thing was wandering around amongst the camp, I reckon I'd be one of the few to cotton on pretty quickly, and then... Because I'd believe it, having seen all these horror films and been trained my whole life. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it's all for nothing because we'd all die at the end anyway. That's true, that's true. Uh, me being the most paranoid man in the world, uh, another little known personal fact about me is I'm also a human heater. So I reckon I'd run out into the Antarctic and probably be fine. I say that, <laughs> but um, sort of imagine the end scene of The Shining with Jack Nicholson. That'd probably be me about five metres from the base, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Just frozen in the snow with no clothes on. Yeah, why not? I don't even think I'd last past the credits. <laughs> I do not like the cold whatsoever. I, they, they're like one week into winter and I wouldn't have even made it that far. <laughs> so can, I wouldn't I, have even seen the thing. <laughs> can I just clarify? You guys live in New Zealand. Not exactly yes. known for its balmy hot weather. <laughs> That's correct. Doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's true. Stacey's from the South Island where a nice day is like snowing outside. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, why I moved. I moved north. I'm making my way slowly to tropical climes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So you retire along the equator somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? Uh, The easy answer for me is how batshit insane I would go living in this research facility with just a whole bunch of dudes that are incredibly unhinged themselves. Probably wouldn't be able to handle that level of isolation, I don't think. Mm. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Mine isn't a philosophical debate. It's just a technical question. Okay. Um, (laughs) Why not? Okay, so Kurt Russell's walking around with this um, flamethrowing gun thing. What the hell did they use those for? before the thing came along. I thought about this. I might have oh. the answer. They Obviously, in Antarctica in winter, everything freezes real fast. I think they might have to actually melt away some of the ice that forms around sort of entries and exits and whatever else. And oh, clear paths and stuff like clear that. Clear paths and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's my... Oh, maybe even unfree... And I don't know how you do this without burning the actual equipment, but you know, unfree some of the <laughs> stuff that's been outside in the 
40 below and whatever else out there, which 40 below yeah. uh, Fahrenheit is pretty damn cold. It that is. makes sense. But mm. picking up on like what Stacey's saying, like why did they need that small arsenal of shotguns? Did they That's have shotguns? <laughs> they they yeah, had Gary's, like, Gary's the, pop gun. They had that pop gun, but at one point... They had point, the cabinet the of um, rifles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Smash the glass and pull out all these rifles and shotguns. Now Polar bears. <laughs> yeah, but it's Antarctica. <laughs> Yeah, wrong, wrong, wrong one. Sorry. Yeah, wrong one. Yeah, emperor penguins. I've seen them when they get in a gang. They're pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> Although I don't know what they were expecting. Russia to invade Antarctica because that yeah, was the first not, place yeah. going to go. It was 1982, so you never know. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, it could make sense. What about you, Paul? Somewhat seriously, what kind of consciousness does the thing have? Does it just take on the ability to form any organism it subsumes, or does it also take on their consciousnesses? So mm. if it did. What would it be like to be in that thing's head with all the other thousands or hundreds of thousands or billions of life forms it's subsumed over its, its the course of its lifespan? That's a good one, Paul. Wow. But my less my less serious answer, <laughs> which is also equally important, is how long before one guy caught another guy masturbating at that base? <laughs> Well done. Combines the awesomeness of poignancy and hilarity on the show that we try and aim for. That's so I true. I would say the answer to that is about five seconds. <laughs> I wonder if he does it outside, wherever it freezes before it hits the ground. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, there's my new yeah. debate. Okay, so moving on to question number seven. If you guys were a recruitment consultant and this movie applied for a job, what job would it be suitable for? It's terrible at problem solving and at teamwork. (laughs) So this has to be a solitary assignment. So I'm just going to go with a night shift security guard in some (laughs) faraway remote because no one really knows what happens at night and kind of doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So yeah. And who's going to break into a place guarded by that thing? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good one. Which is kind of picking up where I went with this answer because I thought well what job would it be suitable for a nanny or an au pair because there isn't, a, there isn't a kid in the world who would act up if their nanny was capable of growing an extra head with spider legs before giving them a tongue lashing <laughs> that's true that's if the kids survive i'm pretty sure i'd be a way different person if i'd had that as a nanny as a child <laughs> that's pretty good for me it was this movie has no qualms about murdering dogs so i'm kind of suspecting maybe a Asian chef of some description? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Ooh, Stacey, you get to go on to question number eight, which is your favourite question of all time. I didn't plan this or anything. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so how would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this movie? There's one clear answer for me, and everyone loves Nicolas Cage screaming his head off. It's, uh, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's great. So I would have loved... Nicolas Cage at the start of the movie as the Norwegian guy that shows up and starts screaming <laughs> Norwegian <laughs> at the base. Because we, we love Nicolas Cage screaming, imagine in a different language. It doubles down on the awesomeness that is the Nick Cage. Yeah, that works. That totally works for me. I will leave Stacey's answer to last thing because it's the one I'm, look, I'm most looking forward to. I had two I could toss up between. One was Blair because when he goes mental and starts smashing up the radio room, Cage would nail the shit out of that uh, scene. Yes, he would. That yeah. was second on my list. Yeah, yeah. He would be just awesome to watch. Or, and this one's a little bit harder, you have to bear with me here, Gary. So, the stuffy sort of station commander of, oh, yeah, of yeah. research base. Because just for that scene where they do the testing and it gets to the end where he passes the blood test. Can you imagine Nicolas Cage doing that line where it's like, I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking girl. <laughs> Yes, yes, I can totally imagine it. Oh my God, that would have been awesome. That's classic. (laughs) Okay, well, 
like always, you guys are giving him way too much screen time. (laughs) (laughs) So in the thing, Nicolas Cage gets to be one of the faces in the original The Thing that they go and find, discover at the Norwegian base and they take back and <laughs> oh, give it the an one autopsy. They do the autopsy on. Yeah. So he can be one of those faces. You want a Nicolas <laughs> fa- Cage face rolling out of the body of a... <laughs> no, I don't really, but he's better off dead. <laughs> that would have taken the move from terrifying to fucking shit your pants scary, man. <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Question nine. What quote from this movie would definitely not work as a pickup line? This is easy. At the end of the movie, McCready yells out, fuck you too, and throws a stick of um, dynamite at the thing. (laughs) That's not going to work. It'd probably work on me, but... (laughs) (laughs) Nice, that's a good pick. For me, it's basically walking up to a girl in the bar, pointing at your crutch and saying, I don't know what the hell is in there, but it's weird and pissed off whatever it is. <laughs> That's good too. Uh, I've got one direct line and I've cheated a little bit and I've done a paraphrase. Is it okay if I give both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. All right. So first of all, we imagine the scene where Palmer sees um, Norris's head when it drops off and grows legs and starts crawling across the floor. Mm. And he says, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Probably not going to get you too many, too much action. No, no. And then the, my paraphrase one is the one I said before. It would be this: How would you like to spend the rest of this winter tied to my fucking couch? <laughs> that yeah. Oh, that is so creepy. <laughs> There's probably a couple of Kiwi girls that would be keen for that, but <laughs> but yeah, that definitely works. Now. We've got our standard set of 10 questions, and it's absolutely perfect to have Paul on the show because this is Paul's forte, really. What top 10 list would you put this movie on? Very straightforward. The top 10 films of all time, and no joke, because this is my straight-up favourite horror movie ever made. It was my number one when we did do the top 10 horror films, Mm. so it would be on that list as well. Wow. Awesome. Nice. Mine's a little bit different. I'm going for the top 10 movies set in Antarctica. (laughs) Which is what, this Happy Feet and Happy Feet (laughs) 2? I don't know. I just hadn't seen that many. And I was like, oh, okay. It's got to get in the top 10, surely. (laughs) Yeah, easily. March of the Penguins. Generous. Generous. For me, this blew my mind. When I was doing a bit of research for the show, I went on to the IMDb trivia. Also, another quick shout out to Gidget Von LaRue. I listened to her podcast on The Thing and it was good. Yeah, they had this bit of trivia that I'm going to touch on anyway. I can't believe that this was released on the same day as Blade Runner, which is another one of my favourite films. Yeah. So I'd have this on the top 10 list of films that released on the same day. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know any other films that have also been released on the same day as each other. That's fascinating. It would be interesting to find out others. And both of them were flops. Both of them failed commercially. So yes. there you go. Failed commercially, yeah. critics hated them, everything like that. Yeah, yeah. And quite interesting, I think Kurt Russell was up for the role of Han Solo in the original Star Wars. And you, I also think he went for Indy. Or am I thinking of what? Salak? Yeah. <sighs> God, don't I'd watch that me. film too. Yeah, <laughs> help me, Gidget Lavonaru. You're my only hope. <laughs> so it moves us on to the next part of our questions, which is our personal questions. So what we do here is we each ask a personal question of the other two. And Paul, as our lovely and charming guest, you get to start. If you were stationed at the research camp with these char- characters. What would your role in the camp be? I'm an ex-event manager and now project manager by trade. So surely I would have to be some kind of team leader and take charge of the situation and allocate roles and make sure everyone was doing what they 
should be doing. Do you think you'd take the McCready role of telling everyone what to do or do you reckon you'd be more like Gary who just gets sort of pushed aside and no one listens to? Oh, definitely McCready. <laughs> <laughs> Come would on, you have Sam. his hat? Yeah, would you wear the hat? <laughs> yeah, I would if that's what it took. It's a uniform requirement. You've got to wear the <laughs> <Yeah>. hat. <laughs> yeah, totally. And nothing else? Yes, although I don't, oh, Sam, although I don't know really why you need that hat in Antarctica. Glare from the sun, mm, snow, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like a, it's a fashion statement, but it's like a, I can make this fashion statement because I know no one's going to find out about this fashion statement. <laughs> so I can't cook, I can't clean, I can't fly, pretty shit around blood, so that <laughs> It's but you are a human true. heater. <laughs> yeah, I'm a human heater, so there, that could potentially be me. I could be the radiators for the thing. But I do love hanging out with dogs, So, and I'm a slightly creepy, so I can imagine me as Clark. You know, the, <laughs> <laughs> the guy that hangs out with the dogs and gets gutted when they all get killed. That'd be me. Well, I also sort of riffed off my day job. I went with a team development day facilitator, not that I'm one of those, but... Getting them to do trust exercises, like falling backwards with their eyes closed and catching each other, that type of thing. Because I think this group really needs a bit of trust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. That's good. That's good. All right. If this film was set now and recast with a bunch of millennials <laughs> behaving like cliched millennials would, what would happen in that movie? I have to go first here because I think Sam has a better answer. <laughs> um, You've been reading my forms again. No, but... Basically, I just don't think they'd be in Antarctica. They just wouldn't sign up for it. They wouldn't go. (laughs) They'd be like six (laughs) months in the dark in Antarctica, in the cold, with no contact with the outside world, no social media, nothing, no thanks. You know, you know, there'd be one that would go down there for like two days and then come back and not stop talking about it for like fucking years afterwards. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. How we survived the most extreme place on earth. Yep, didn't even leave the room once. I reckon, and this sort of touches on recent news, I reckon there'd be two different types of millennials that we'd be able to see on the base. There'd be the selfie one, because in recent news, somebody who tried to take a selfie with a beer and got mauled to death. (gasps) You are kidding! (laughs) I'm not kidding. So I reckon there'd be that one. There'd be the one that when everyone's like running away, screaming away from the thing, he'd be taking fucking selfies (laughs) with the thing. (laughs) But I don't reckon he'd be as dumb as the other one, which would be the social influencer, which would be going up to the thing and going, look... Like, I can totally make you Insta-famous, Facebook-famous, Twitter-famous. <laughs> I can put you on my Snapchat. I can put you on everything. you just got to nice. pose for a couple of photos with me. And, you know, like, we'll just you know, take some photos of a dinner together. And, you know, just come, come to the gym with me, do some balfies. You know, would you be down? <laughs> do some what? <laughs> Bum selfies. It's a thing. Belfies. I've never heard that. There you go. Yeah. Urban you dictionary do learn something fucking, new yeah, every Urban day. Dictionary, my God, that's a rabbit hole you can go down a lot on the internet. But Balfies is people that take photos of their bum while they're at the gym, typically. Oh, holy shit. Okay. Uh, that's a good answer <laughs> as well. That's great. My answer, I did put a bit of think, thought into this, but I did make one assumption, Stacey, that you didn't, and that is that they would somehow have found a way to get social media here. Because <laughs> you're right, otherwise they never would have turned up. So, yeah. For starters, as a helicopter came in firing at the dog, no one would have bothered to get up to see what was going on because they'd have all expected someone, out to so- someone else to sort it out for them. <laughs> then someone would whine about it being cold before the Norwegian guy burst in and tried to explain about the dog. But one of the millennials would then use Google Translate to understand what the guy said, but only after the Norwegian guy shot three of them in sheer frustration at how little effort they were making. <laughs> since half of them expressed annoyance that this guy wasn't speaking their language in this part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Then they would have burnt the dog, won the day, 
and gone home and sued their employer for failure to notify them of all the possible dangers attached to their new workplace. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's so awesome. That is well not, as, not as good a film, I'll admit. That's how it would have gone. <laughs> I can totally see it. I absolutely can totally see it. My last one, bit of a shorter answer. What song would you play over the end credits to counter the nihilistic ending and send everyone away feeling a little less down and deflated? It wasn't released at this time. In fact, it was released roughly around the year 1999 or 2000. And you guys do a version of it in your podcast. It would be Who Let the Dogs Out by (laughs) (laughs) Barney. Nice. That's good. Okay, I'm going to go with this song that actually featured in the movie because I thought it was really cool. And want to hear it again? Superstition. It's very good. Very appropriate. Like you, Sam, I went in a time machine to fetch this particular song and that's actually quite appropriate because what song makes you feel better than The Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News? (laughs) What? (laughs) It would counter the the, the, nihilistic ending. You'd be like, oh, well, maybe that... No, I'm not sure how to feel about that film now. I feel a bit better than I did three minutes ago. (laughs) If it started playing while while the two of them are just looking at each yeah. other, <laughs> the power of them, you'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. Instead of that at um, uh, Ennio Morricone score, which is like, dun, dun, and it'd just be like, dun, dun, yeah, it'd be great. I love that. I love that. So that moves me on to my set of three questions. In hindsight, and there's probably a lot of answers we can give to this one <laughs> but in hindsight what was the worst decision a character or some of the characters made probably letting clark cozy up with a dog that had just <laughs> run into a camp after being shot at by a couple of guys now crazy or not wouldn't you just wonder about that dog like and yes. speaking of canines what about the rest of the dogs how come they were all stuck in their cage with no clark love you know, had they just stuck the <laughs> damn dog in there in the first place they probably all would have survived because they would have known when, it, when the other dogs reacted and it burst into the thing and they burnt it and killed it. Yeah, I agree. That makes a lot of sense. It absolutely makes a lot of sense, yeah. I'm, I'm very similar. There were a lot of bad decisions right at the very start of this movie. So mm. I, I actually think um, bringing that corpse back, if you found a corpse that looked like that, why would you want to have anything to do with it? You know something bad has happened at that point. Goddamn scientists can't leave well <laughs> enough alone. Well, leave the scientist out there doing the autopsy, you know. <laughs> they, <laughs> That's right. You, you stay out there, so. then we'll screen you when you come back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For me, it was like, I've met a lot of Scandinavians and they all know how to speak English. Why did the Norwegian guy show up screaming Norwegian at an American base? (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe he learned English, but on the flip side, you know, maybe the worst decision one of the characters never made was not learning Norwegian as a child and understanding what the hell that guy was yelling about. (laughs) Yeah, it started at childhood. (laughs) Yeah, if the closest base was a Norwegian one, you think they would send somebody down who had some Norwegian speaking skills, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so question number 15 from me is what character would win Big Brother? (laughs) Normally who wins Big Brother is they've got to be likeable and they've got to stay till the end. So at the end of this movie, we're left with two characters and usually it's not the most popular. It's the one that flies under the radar. So Ah, I'm going with Childs. Yep, totally can see that. I went a bit different. I went with, okay, we've got these 12 dudes. I'm pretending like they're all entering into Big Big Brother and which one would make it to the end. And here's a left field answer because we haven't even mentioned him today. It's Fuchs. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's so quiet and under the radar, exactly like you said, Stacey, and he's Mm. nicely spoken and he looks kind. And so, he'd be the one that made friends with just about everybody and got along with just about everyone. They'd all want him there at the end thinking we can beat him because he's not really done much, hasn't made any big moves. But what they don't (laughs) realise is that the audience has also grown to like him as a stand-up guy as well. So, they vote for him to win. Very good. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) 
I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. It's McCready. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious. If he can pull off that hat, he can pull off anything. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love Kurt Russell with his long hair and his... Okay, I'm, I think I'm starting to convert he's, to he's a different <laughs> orientation at the moment. But <laughs> his manly beard. Not to mention wandering around with a stick of dynamite. You know, how, how are you going to vote someone out of the house if he's going to blow himself up? Well, that's good. <laughs> that's That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Okay, so finally, I, I honestly have just chucked this in there as a bit of a laugh, but how would this movie be reimagined as a romantic comedy? Um, I don't think there's a real answer to this yet, but... Oh, there is. It's hold on. Hold oh. on. <laughs> okay, so this is easy. You've got to throw in Goldie Horn. So in, in <laughs> yeah, 1982, yeah. Yeah. she was in the, in the process of being divorced from her previous husband, was, and she, but she had already met Kurt Russell. So imagine oh. the sexual tension between <laughs> met, those two. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, They've and- met several times over in the groin region, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and she had just previously in 1980 been nominated for an Oscar. So she's like hot property. This would have been really well gro- high grossing uh, rom com. This is the most research I've ever seen you do for any of these. No, no, no. <laughs> and um, it would be kind of like similar story, but kind of like in the style of game night. So maybe Goldie and Kurt Russell are on a date and the thing shows up and then all this crazy stuff happens and they have to figure out how to deal with it on the way. All right. Yeah, I reckon that works. I would not pay to see that movie, but yes. Yeah, I know. Well, that wasn't the question, was it? No, no, no. That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's a very true. good point. Well, done, well, let's see if you'd pay to see this one then Sam so first of all it's still called The Thing but it's called The Thing because The Thing in this case is an alien it's still an alien and it's crashed into earth basically because it drove off the road having just been dumped by its thing partner and it's laying frozen for millennia thinking about how it could be loved again because love is the most powerful force in the universe and it's kind of long ago realised this. So, when it gets discovered and thawed out, it quickly realises what men isolated without women in Antarctica in 1982 want and turns itself into the subject of what each of the men most desires. So, the comedy then comes from seeing this play out and getting all jealous of the aliens spending time with the other guys and not them. And (laughs) then it can basically stay light and fluffy and just be like hijinks ensue or it can go dark as the men start killing each other off. So, that's up to you. (laughs) A romantic comedy slash horror. That's a fucking... That's an interesting (laughs) choice. That's That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, well done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) My one is basically I'm going to sort of play on the fact that the thing can absorb anything and take over its personality and being and all that sort of stuff. I'm thinking that it takes over what is probably the biggest standout of all the cast, uh, the computer system that knows how long it's going <laughs> that knows if the thing's been infected, that knows how long the, it's going to take before the world is destroyed, that it only has a female voice. So I'm imagining Kurt Russell and a computer system having a love story. It comes to life. They play chess in the park. But hang on a second. He calls her a cheating bitch. Hey. They have a massive disagreement. They have a falling out. He comes back to her with a flamethrower and writes, I'm so sorry in the snow. <laughs> I can see I like it. the last touch. Righto, guys. I'm not going to answer my questions because I pitched them specifically at your guys' expertise. Oh, okay. What? Controversial. <laughs> okay, so we all know how much I loved Ghostbusters <laughs> and the concept behind it, mainly because I just wanted to She's go against the internet. <laughs> I know the space. Hey, guys, pick five actresses to recast the 2018 The Thing reboot with all females. Oh. 
Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I really enjoyed the Annihilation movie. I really loved Natalie Portman and uh, Tessa Thompson from it. So I'm going to pick those two up and throw them in this. Also, Brie Larson and Alicia Vikander. Stacey's mm-hmm. now giving me the look. <laughs> and a little bit of Kate McKinnon, something quirky and different. <laughs> AKA Sam's imaginary um, top five list of people he could sleep with if he managed to <laughs> meet them. <laughs> You've been reading my diary again, Stacey. Well, that, that option disappeared about seven days ago. <laughs> yes. That's true. All right, I went specific with my... I cast a role for each of these women. So Ooh. I obviously didn't do all 12. I did five. But here we go. Kate Winslet would be Blair because she's mature enough and a great enough actor and she had no problem conveying his gravitas. Mm. Plus, it'd be great to see her go mental in the control room or the radio room. <laughs> that thing wanted to be... Ah! Yeah, that'd be great. I dig that. Yeah, yeah. Charlie's Theron would be McCready because she's kick-ass enough to match it as any lead heroic character. See Mad Max Fury Road and also because... Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Completely agree. <laughs> Julianne Moore is Doc Cooper because they're about the same age when this film was shot and she's pretty great in most everything except Kingsman the Golden Circle and uh, who hasn't wanted to rip her arms off since that movie. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I like that. Good work, good work. Uh, Angelina Jolie would be Palmer. She won't have any trouble letting out her inner blood drinking wild child to act. Act, you know, inverted commas, all weird and and paranoid. Yeah, yeah. And this one I was really proud of, I have to say. Meryl Streep as Gary. Because (laughs) think about it. Put them next to each other and you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. (laughs) They look exactly the same. They've got the same face. (laughs) I'm losing my shit. Yeah, you're so true. (laughs) Wow, I really appreciate that attention to detail, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, well done. That's I was awesome. not expecting that. Okay, so early in the movie, McCready has to set the thing on fire, but it, it looks exactly like his workmate Bennings. So, Paul, how would you feel about setting the thing on fire if it looked like Wayne? Does it only have to look like Wayne? Well, <laughs> can't it be the real thing? No. Nah, look, I imagine it would be quite a tough thing to confront a loved one or a good friend and, and have to get your head around it. But if the difference well, between yeah. that, yeah, that and being taken over at a cellular level by an alien creature, that bitch is going to burn. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And Sam, how about you if it looked like Machu? Oh, I'd find it very therapeutic. <laughs> 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 Uh, In fact, I'd cold. Yeah, maybe even leave it a little bit alive so it just keeps regenerating. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of those jokes at our wedding last week, <laughs> borderline, much you emceed our wedding. Yeah, much you emceed. Is that why it's borderline? He should be being burnt at the stake? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he definitely, definitely should have. No, seriously, much you did a good job. Begrudgingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, so... You guys know heaps about these genres. What can modern sci-fi horror or even just horror learn from this movie? We do still get a couple of good modern horrors, but what they could learn from this movie is just blending what I said at the start, that slow burn tension and suspense with genuine jump scares that are well-deserved. From the start to finish, it's a well-constructed story. Mm -hmm. It follows a pretty like well-explainable narrative but at the same time, you, there's this genuine, like, I don't know who the killer is. I don't know who the thing is, I should say, really. And it's just this amazing unraveling 
Now, what Modern Horror can learn from that is basically following that. Except, please don't remake this again. (laughs) 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 Or reboot it, or restart it, or reimagine it, or whatever the hell else you guys have got planned, Hollywood. Leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, good answer. Very good answer. Uh, Similar, very similar mine. Uh, I've got one extra thing, and that is, look, aside from stop casting 25-year-olds as teenagers and every (laughs) horror film ever made, that'd be nice. Because, look, this horror film works, and they're all middle-aged or you know 30 and above so that's one lesson the other is that you can create fear and dread without having to rely upon multiple meaningless shitty jump scares so you said there's a few and there are a few in this film absolutely but they're few and far between and most of them are well earned but if you added in someone going boom every 6.8 minutes or a fucking cat that keeps jumping from (laughs) off camera into shot people wouldn't view this film as a masterpiece Oh, that's so completely true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What movie is the cat from? Oh, every single horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> every horror movie. Like, obviously, there is no cat in this particular film. So, yeah, that was my stab at the entire horror genre. Well done, Paul. So, that takes us down to question number 20. Now, this is another one of our one of our favourite listeners. This is Billy from We Watch The Thing. Now, Billy uh, also gets a special shout-out because... He's going to be an upcoming guest star on our podcast as well. Awesome. We, awesome. Yeah, yeah. We went with the best first. So, Billy, you know, you're coming a close second oh, here. <laughs> Billy's also going to be on our show later in the year too. So, there you go. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Very excited to get Billy on there. I can't remember which one, but they quite like food. <laughs> and so, it comes up in some of their things. And I'm like, yes, oh, yeah, I what agree. food they had at the movies and so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. So there you go, Ella Movie Podcast. If you're listen- looking for the ginger 35-year-old New Zealand girl from <laughs> Demographic, then start talking about food. I wonder if there are actually food podcasts. There must be. <laughs> there is one. There is one. I actually know of one. It's an American one called In the Weeds by Ooh. Ben Randall. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I'll look it up. And it's all about food in movies. So there you go. Holy wow. shit. I've never seen you so happy, Stacey. Yep. We got married a week ago. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to look it up. Wicked. So, what test would you guys use to determine if a person was the thing or not? I put a lot of thought into this and I want to you know, honour Billy's question that way. I'd start by asking them, have you seen the thing? And if they responded no, I'd burn them with a flamethrower. If they said yes, <laughs> I'd ask a secondary question. Did you love the thing more than your firstborn slash family pet? If they said no, I'd burn them with a flamethrower. So, even if I'm wrong, I'd be ridding the world of people who do not deserve to live. Oh, throwing it down and very awesome. Well done, Paul. Thank you. I love that. That's great. What did you have, Stace? I'm going to apply the runaway test where I'm just going to run away and who the fuck cares who's been infected by the thing? (laughs) I'm not even going to be there to test people. Uh, he who runs away lives to fight another day. Or she who runs yes. away lives to fight another day. Yes, hopefully, if I don't freeze to death. Now, I was I was going to go with something quite personal. I was going to go like, well, if I was thinking Stacey was the thing and I pulled out some chocolate or some coffee and she didn't go bark raving mad, then she's not the thing. But then I thought, no, you've got to apply this to a group of people. And bear with me, guys, I would do the masturbation test. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what I would do is I would pull my pants down and start masturbating. Now... If if the people were normal people, they'd run away. If they were sexual freaks, they'd join in. But if they were the thing, they'd slowly blend off into the distance and try and hide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have no idea I, what I I'm got, talking about. Anymore. I got nothing. I got yeah, nothing. I this may not be an effective test, but 
It's something. Anyway, guys, that is the last of our questions. Normally we do a trivia round, but because we're doing this over Skype and because Paul is the master at this, it probably would have been oh, a very damn one-sided it, I was going to win. Fight, yes. <laughs> right. I, I posed it to Stacey and Stacey sort of rolled her head and just said, oh, what? <laughs> I love the fact that Stacey didn't even roll her eyes. She rolled her head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the force behind her eyes actually removed the entirety of her head. <laughs> It was quite pleasant. But obviously, this part of the podcast now is for you to sell your amazing and awesome show. You've probably sold it, oversold it by a long, long way. But thanks, Sam. It's just myself and my best mate sitting down and talking about lists of films after we review usually a, a new release film. And basically, it's just us getting stuck into each other about what we consider each other's terrible choices and then ask <laughs> listeners to weigh in with their choices and vote for who had the best list and then Effectively, if you'd like to hear one guy rubbing another guy's face in it, then that's what our <laughs> podcast is pretty much all about. Uh, we have a lot of fun and it's, we've known Wayne for a long time and uh, I think that comes across in the show. So, it's all in good fun. We're never truly upset at each other except when he disses basic instinct. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it's a really good show to listen to. I think I wrote in my review of you guys on iTunes. It's the sort of show that you start and you don't know if by the end the, the two hosts are going to be brawling each other or, <laughs> or hugging each other over shared love of movies. Paul, you're very much awesome in that you're very similar to me in your tastes and sensibilities about movies. Whereas, Seems like it. Whereas Wayne tends to go for, oh, there's just countless. There's just countless times that you sit in there. And because I listen to them at work or listen to them at the gym and quite often strangers around me are asking me why the hell I've just suddenly blurted out, what the fuck is this guy thinking? <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's had some gems, like when he said that Watchmen was the best comic book movie of all time, oh. it's better than The Dark Knight. And His most rewatched film, like we, we talked about the top 10 most rewatchable, his number one was The Saint. <laughs> all time, the most rewatchable film of all time was The Saint. I almost... <laughs> Almost <laughs> swallowed my tongue. Wow, okay. I've, I've got to start laughing or I'm going to have a mental breakdown. I've never exactly. heard of that movie, so maybe exactly, that's Exactly, Stacey. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, totally love you guys' show. It's so awesome. Thanks so again. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. And look, uh, we're just about to introduce a new, like literally this next episode dropping, I don't know, before or after this one, but we're about to introduce a new format of the show where we're pitting... Wayne and I in a combined list versus other shows. So, I'd love to have you and Stacey on about a topic and you guys have to come up with a combined list that you're happy with Ooh. to compare against ours. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on today. You got, your guys' show is awesome. It's such a unique take on movie reviews and that's how you, you sort of set yourself out in this world of podcasting and you guys have done a fantastic job. So, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That's, that means a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you, Paul. So, thank you guys. That takes us to the end of our podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Move Reviews and 20Qs. You can find us on Twitter at Move Reviews In. Uh, probably the best place to get a hold of me is we're not too prolific on our Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send us one at mritqs at gmail.com. Paul, where can they find you? Uh, if you search the Countdown Movies uh, in anything, you'll find us, but basically on Twitter at the Countdown PC. We have a little Facebook listener community, which is a group. So, if you get into the show, join up to that. The link's in the show notes and that's probably the two best ways to catch up with us or the Countdown Podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. We'll put links into the show description and all that sort of stuff, of course. Awesome. But anyway, that is thanks from me. Thank you, guys. And thanks from me. Man, yeah, it was well awesome. Well done, Paul. I just love how you raised the... Um, intelligence levels and the nerdiness. Hey!